Today we want to talk about, really, what we're going to be talking about for the next couple weeks is the fact that what if your job, we want you to put your imagination cap on and think, what if my job has more purpose than I could have ever comprehended? Like, what if you're placed in your work, even if it's not your dream job, and what if you're put there for a specific purpose beyond your comprehension. Um, that's that's kind of what we're going to dialogue through. And I think you might agree that wouldn't it change the way you wake up in the morning? If you're like, man, it's like God's going to use me today here. It might just change how many times you hit snooze. It might impact the way that you think about your job, your attitude towards your job. And in the grand scheme of things, your job does matter. And so our big idea today that'll get us into this series is the reality that there's more to your job than work. No matter the job, there is more to your job than work. Listen to this. In Colossians 3, 23, it says, work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. As though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. You know, and I don't care what your job is because I once was a travel agent, sales person, guy. I made a decision to follow Jesus when I was 21 years old and found myself um, at that time working in this place that sold to seniors in high school. Don't think less of me after this story. Just um, anyway, sold to seniors, really the ASB department, uh, senior class trips. That's, that's like what I did. I pitched to them. I sold planes to them to fly them to their senior trips. So um, at the time I'm working at this job, I make a decision to follow Jesus. And so I'm selling the biggest party of their life in a place where it's legal to drink. That's kind of what I was doing. And then I got really good at it, and we were selling to people all over the country. So I was, you know, on East Coast time working in Bellevue. And uh, I'm filling planes. I'm now supervising all the salespeople. And I'm working with people in all the cities we send people to. And I remember having the opportunity in this job all of a sudden to correspond with some people in the Bahamas that were on the other end of where we were sending kids that felt called to the ministry. And I was feeling called to the ministry. And we're having a conversation back and forth about Jesus while selling these trips. It was weird. It was tripping me out. Uh, I was able to extend grace to an employee when they booked an airline full of kids out of the wrong airport. So the kids show up at one airport, planes at another airport. Planes are expensive. That cost about three years of that person's wage, and they didn't have to pay it. It was gracious. But then there was the day when I worked there for a while that I walked into the back room of this travel agency and I was looking for some receipts or something that we had to write out 
and I see these, there's just a pile of boxes there, and, and I open one of the boxes to see if the receipts are in there, and I see photograph after photograph after photograph of young people intoxicated, not clothed, doing things that were incredibly inappropriate for anyone to do outside of the context of marriage. And I all of a sudden went, what? And as I investigated a little deeper, I found out the senior trips were a front for an online porn industry that I found myself in the middle of as a follower of Jesus. And your job matters? Question mark. You know, like, well, at that point in time, my job did matter because uh, God put me there to be able to shut that thing down. And we closed it. The police came in, and they were prosecuted, all of them. And uh, luckily, I was not. <laughs> I just, and here I was like, there's two guys at least in the context of this organization that are pursuing ministry. And I go, man, if that job, if my position there mattered, I don't know what you're doing right now, but your job matters. So how do you discover that? Well, one, I am glad I did not just work for that person. I did not just have that person as my boss. Because this says, though you're working for the Lord, you just realize you're working for the Lord rather than for people. Because what is more, our first thought today, you're working for more than your employer. So I was going to get my employer arrested in that context. But I was working for more than my employer. I was there for the Lord. In his grace, he put one of his followers in this industry to shut it down. Because it was illegal, fully illegal. We answer to more than a boss, if you would. And so we begin to discover, oh my goodness, my work is my witness then, right? I am here for a, this time and this person and, or this, this, this place, this time and these people that I'm working with. And you realize, man, am I working willingly or begrudgingly? How's my attitude in this job? We should be grateful for the opportunity. And not just dreading the obligation. I have to carry this job. It's the only way we can feed the family. So, woe is me, right? How would your job change if you knew what you do now? <laughs> that you are working for God. Whatever that job is. How would you work differently? How would you treat people differently within the context of that job? How would your attitude be different or your actions, more importantly? Your work would be a blessing instead of burden, right? So that disgruntled employee that's always there, man, you would see them as an opportunity to just bless. And like, man, they're having a tough time in life. Thank you, God, for putting me here to be an encouragement to them. Maybe it's the boss who never seems to be pleased and can be viewed all of a sudden as somebody that, man, I have an opportunity to serve this person into like, uh, to where I'm unoffendable by them. I'm going to find a way to be an encouragement to them and instead of being the slave they want me to be, right? 
or maybe students. The teacher would be a person to build up and encourage versus the source of gossip at lunch or pranks. Not saying that I ever did that. Anyway, uh, no, student, maybe again, students, you would see that other student at school that's down, that maybe can't dress the way you dress or eat the lunch you eat, and you would have the opportunity to be that life in their world that they just don't receive outside of the context of school. That's the opportunity you have. Being the follower of Jesus in that environment, your environment, matters. Matthew 20, Jesus is teaching, and he says this, Among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must become your slave. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. We're supposed to live an open life so that our life is open to serve others first and foremost. We humble ourselves, serve others before ourselves, and that's where we find true life to be servants. That's the example. Jesus said, I want to take this, I want to go, I was sitting there going, man, I'm looking at this thought, and I'm looking at this talk, this is a great time for Sunday school on steroids. Can we go there, just like hardcore, let's dive deep in a passage that I think really opens our eyes to the potential of viewing our work as more than just work. John 13. Jesus gives a visual example of servanthood. In verse 1, it says, Before the Passover celebration, Jesus knew that his hour had come to leave this world and return to his Father. He had loved his disciples during his ministry on earth, and now he loved them to the very end. It was time for supper, and the devil had already prompted Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything and that he had come from God and would return to God. So he got up from the table, took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, and poured water in a basin. Then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel he had around him. When Jesus came to Simon Peter, Peter said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? And Jesus replied, you don't understand now what I'm doing, but someday you will. No, Peter protested, you'll never ever wash my feet. But Jesus replied, unless I wash you, you won't belong to me. And Simon Peter exclaimed, then wash my hands and head as well, Lord, not just my feet. And Jesus replied, a person who has bathed all over does not need to wash except for the feet to be entirely clean. And you disciples are clean, but not all of you. For Jesus knew who would betray him. That is what he meant when he said, not all of you are clean. Verse 12, 
after washing their feet, he put on his robe again and sat down and asked, Do you understand what I was doing? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, because that's what I am. And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. I've given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. I tell you the truth, slaves are not greater than their master, nor is the messenger more important than the one who sends the message. Now that you know these things, God will bless you for doing them. What is this talking about? He says, now you know. It's out. Spoiler alert. Your work matters. Your job matters. Your work is more than work, right? But the challenge Jesus is saying here is he's saying when your work with the, when you work with the mindset that you are working for the Lord rather than for people, you're set free. And Jesus took in this moment with a room understanding that he was the son of God, that he was Lord, that he, his time of ministry was coming to an end. These people had been with him for three years. He, in that room, took the lowest role of servanthood which was the person who washes people's feet. They wear sandals all around, their feet are nasty, and he washes their feet when they come into the room. Now, we have these white buckets. That's not, we're not doing a foot washing today, so I'm going to set all of you foot phobia people free that were dreading, like, oh, great, it's going to be one of those moments in church. I'm going to touch somebody's toenails. No, not doing it. That's not what Jesus was saying here, is to actually wash each other's feet. I've done that before, and it's kind of cool. But we're not going to go there. Too many people with foot phobias. Here's what we're going to do. We are learning from the example he was setting by taking the lowest role in the room and saying, hey, the leader among you is the greatest servant among you. The leader in the room today, the people who set up this place for today, the people who put the chairs away, the people who teach in the class, people who drive the truck, people who make the coffee, the servant among you is the greatest influencer. That's, that's God's economy. And Jesus took the lowest job at this table, humbled himself as a servant, and said it wasn't enough to just tell you to be a servant. I'm going to show you how to serve. And he washed their feet. Not only that, when he was washing their feet, he said some interesting things here in this room. He said, unless I wash you, he said this to Peter, the person in which he was going to build the church through. He said, unless I wash your feet, you won't belong to me. Like, that's a pretty big deal then, that Peter allowed himself to be served. And that's a pretty big deal then, that we have that role in our work. To be the servant there on behalf of God in the place of our employment, working for the Lord there, that we're serving our employer, that we're serving our, uh, our co-workers in such a way that they have the opportunity to see the love of God. Like we get to serve them into experiencing Jesus, if you would. That needs to be our heart. 
We get to do as Jesus did. Now, if you walk into work and there's that tough coworker, and you take off your clothes and wrap yourself in a towel, grab a basin of water and kneel at their feet, you may get fired. So that's why you don't take things like this literally. You see the example within it, right? Right. Yes, Pastor Thad. Anyway, um, we experience the blessings of God not by knowing we work for the Lord, but by doing our work as those who work for the Lord, right? He said, now that you know these things, God will bless you for doing them in verse 17. Thought two today, only two thoughts. It's warm outside. Don't want to give you more than your brains can handle. Is that okay? You are more than your job. Have you ever caught yourself like having your entire identity wrapped up in your job? Somebody asks, so like, how are things going? Man, work is good. Well, you know, the, how's your family and kids? You know, and you kind of, oh, you catch yourself. Oh, yeah, 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 everything's good. Uh, yeah, the family's awesome. And you're just like, we identify ourselves. Well, what are you? Well, I'm, you know, I'm a dental hygienist, or I'm a salesperson, or I'm a teacher. But there's a phrase I hear. This phrase gets to me. I want to pick on it for a second. It's something that I think we need to remove from our vocabulary. And it's this word. It's a four-letter word. Students, close your ears. This is the J word. Just. Right? Don't ever say that in my presence. I'm just kidding. Just. I'm, I'm just a teacher. What? What do you mean you're just a teacher? I'm just a salesperson. I'm just a community volunteer. I'm, I'm just a driver. I'm just a data an, I'm just a data analyst. Sorry. I'm I'm just a mechanic. <laughs> um, well, I, I, I'm just a hairstylist. I'll be safe there with that one. Uh, I'm just a stay-at-home mom. I'm just retired. What? No. Right? I'm just a realtor. I'm just a manager. Whatever it is. You're not just that. Your, your opportunity is that. Like, so I tend to pick on words. It's just words matter, right? And so something that drives me crazy is the word just. It just lacks ownership. Get it? Just lacks ownership. Uh, you know, it's the, and where it gets me the most, and, and this messes with people, and I'm not picking on anybody in the room today. But have you ever caught yourself saying just when you're praying? Right? You're like, God, just touch somebody's life today. <laughs> just touch somebody's life today. Like, that's a big deal. God, we just pray that you show up. No, that's a like... We do. Like, if two or more are gathered, he shows up. The Bible says that. We don't have to beg him to be here. He, like, shows up. But anyway, you know, the reality is we use this word just, and it just, it's like putting creamer in your coffee. Why do that? Drink it black. Get all there is out of it. In fact, just do a shot in the dark. You know, get coffee with a shot of espresso in there. Bring it on. 
don't liquid that stuff down. They always ask me, would you like room? And I always tell them, room is way overrated. That's exactly what I tell everybody when I order my coffee black. Lord, we, we just come here today. No, like, you prioritized God today. That's a big deal. Or what about the polite people on Monday? These people exist in your work. They exist at the counter across from you. They ask you a question. How was your weekend? It happens every week, right? They're going to ask this Tuesday. It's going to happen on Tuesday this week. So if you try to apply it tomorrow, let me just help you out. It'll be Tuesday that this happens. Hey, do anything big this weekend? Oh, you know, we just hung out as a family. What? Like just hung out as a family? That's like an honor. We got to hang out as a family. Or I just hung out and watched the Huskies win football. Oh, yeah, and the Cougars played, but anyway, didn't pay attention to that. And then the Seahawks, you know, traded like the best receiver or cut the best receiver in preseason. You know, I just sat around. I just, just, no. I just just went to church. Just went to church? Like, you went to church and found out that you can redeem 40, 60, 80 hours of your week to be purposed for him because you no longer work for a boss, you work for the boss, right? That's a big deal. I'm picking on the word just. But we so liquid down our purpose in this planet. We dehumanize ourselves. And we're just like, well, I'm just, just. You know you were created in the likeness an image of God. It says in his word, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. That you have a plan and a purpose in this life. There's no just about it. Lift your head high. Open your ears and eyes. God has opportunity all around you. I just hang out on the farm. I just, so I got my hair cut this week. A little trim. You can see my ear skin. Top of them at least. And I was like, you know, I, I, they were getting covered a little. I was getting a little shaggy, I'll admit. And the day I went to get my hair cut, doing anything fun today was what I was asked. And, uh, and, and I was like, you know, honestly, it was a pretty cool morning. Uh, saved some birds that were falling out of the nest. Trying to learn to fly, wasn't working for them. There's a nest with four birds. I didn't realize while I was getting my hair cut, it was kind of minus one was happening. Uh, God rest Clumsy's soul. Anyway, so um, we named them. I mean, what are you? I have, I have four kids. This is a blast. To like, there's a bird in our hand. It's crazy. Gloves on, guys. Scene safe. And we were we were just caring for these birds and placing them back in the nest in which they tried to then fly again from. And one just quite didn't have the neck for it, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> anyway, then we find a chipmunk stealing our strawberries. So, like, named him Alvin. What else do you name a chipmunk in your backyard eating your strawberries? It was a pretty cool morning. She didn't know what to do with it, right? Because she was, like, waiting for, oh, nothing big or just working or whatever because it was like... I was late there to get my hair cut because we'd been trying to save birds' lives. And uh, she's like, so you don't work today? I was like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm working. 
hanging out with the family, getting work done, kind of both at the same time, self-employed, huh? I was like, no, I'm the pastor of all life. That I kind of explained, but I didn't say, oh, we just saved a bird's life, that's all. It was just a heartbeat on this planet. That bird meant a lot to our family. So this morning I come out, I'm loading the A-boards in the back of my car, and what flies out of the tree? Which one was it? I don't know. But one of the three that are still alive <laughs> flew, and then another one flew out, and we're like, they can now fly. Because yesterday we were again taking care of a couple of them that just couldn't quite make it. And we were tired of chewing up worms and spitting them in their mouth, so... <laughs> It was uh, time that they flew. That was all in my notes. Just kidding. What does this have to do with anything that I'm supposed to be saying? Here's what it has to do. You're not just living. You're not just doing anything. When you work for the Lord, you're on mission. You're on the path of your destiny. There's a higher plan going on. You're appointed, you're anointed, you carry the presence of God to your work. You open the door for your work to be served by the Lord because you showed up. That's a big deal. You've been specifically placed where you are to help people experience Jesus. In fact, just imagine adding a line to your name badge if you wear one of those at your workplace. To where it has your job description underneath it, ambassador for God in this workplace. Just imagine it's there. Don't, if you put it there, again, if you put it there, it might be weird with HR. So I'm just saying, just it's in your imagination realm that you see it when you look in the mirror. You're more than what your title says you are. You're being used by Jesus for a very, very specific place to make an eternal difference. Bringing hope to people. And as we said last week, this might encourage you to plant your roots deeper instead of just looking to the next job. Because maybe you've caught yourself doing that. Yeah, I'm working here, but I'm gonna. Or yeah, I'm in school now, but I'm gonna. No, like you're in school now. Do you realize, students, you have an opportunity to fish in the biggest pond there is? fish swim in schools, right? And you have the opportunity to be in an enclosed space with students that need Jesus all day long. What a better place to fish than in a pond stocked with fish. You always catch something. And if you're on mission at school, wow. A massive difference can be made. And your schools prayed that you would have a great year. You have great leadership in the schools around here. It might not happen overnight. It might take all year, students. But you're going to make a difference in somebody's life. It might take a long time at your job. It might mean you don't take that transition if you're just about to get there with that other person on staff that you just see a light turning on in them. There's a thought I had, and I think we've all done this. Maybe you've made the trait. What trait? Maybe you've traded your identity for 40, 60, 80, I don't know how many hours a week you work. But maybe you made the trade. It's not easy, it's tempting, but we trade our humanity at the door of our employment. And we become artificial 
people, we even sometimes take on a different personality for the purpose of our role at work. And we go through the motions of our job and we left everything at the door. Our life, our faith, we leave these things behind and we just do the role. Now, if that's how we handle our employment or our job, it's no wonder that artificial intelligence is going to be able to take it over. Because you're just an artificial person. We're called to be genuine and real and present. So what does that mean? That means that we're not going to make the trade. We've been created as more than a robot. We've been created to serve others and to be in the likeness and image of God. So why do we trade our faith when we enter the hours of our job? How can we apply our faith within the context of the rules and law of our workplace? There's amazing ways. And we have to pray that God would open our eyes to know how. If we turn off the faith element of our life, then we're not on mission for the time we're working. Like we waste 40 hours of our week, just gone, that God could have utilized us. You're designed to make an eternal difference. 168 hours is how many hours all of us have in every one of our weeks. Don't give up half of them at the door. Ask God, how can I take my faith into my job? And not let the job become my identity, but continue in that job to have my identity as a child of God. Created in his likeness and image. His ambassador. I'm not going to set my faith aside, but I'm going to see how I can be the greatest servant here. I'm going to see how I can be the peacemaker. I'm going to see how I can resist giving in to the gossip chain. I'm going to see how I can be the life to that person who's pessimistic and dark, and I'm just going to be light and life and hope in their world. Don't give in and join in on the gloom and doom. Speak hope, optimism, life. Living an open life that is genuine requires to make the most of every single hour of our day. Don't give up the work week. Don't give up the school day, students. Be true to your creator. It's not compartmentalize our life. This is the work me. This is the family me. This is the everybody's finally a bed me. And I can now watch what I want to watch, do what I want to do. No, just be you 168 hours a week. Live life open. Be genuine. Let's be fully present and fully ourselves all the time, and God will do amazing things through your life. Our action point today is simple. Change your job. Wait, 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 what, Thad? Did I miss something? Maybe. It's in the wording. What if you could change your job by changing your perspective within your job? You could go from just being whatever, whatever that blank is, to being the change agent, to being the one on mission, to being the one who's bringing the gospel through your actions, not your words, bringing an environment of hope. Change your job by helping people experience Jesus through the way that you work. 
treating others the way God would treat them and not the way necessarily that their work has treated them or they've treated the job, but serve them as Jesus would serve them. Just maybe it'll spark a conversation because our work is our witness. We need to serve our boss as we're serving the actual boss that we're working for there on that mission called our job. Maybe somebody will go, man, why are you happier? What snapped with you? Why have you not made fun of co-worker? <laughs> right? Why have you not talked back to the boss? Why did you just let him do that to you? Why did you let that happen? Well, I've decided to be the peacemaker. And here's why. Again, verse 17 said, Now that you know these things, God will bless you for doing them. God, as we dive into this Your Job Matters series, I pray that you would illuminate the fact that we're working for you 168 hours a week. We're serving you. We're serving others as you served us. Therefore, we're great leaders. Everyone in this room is a leader. It just depends on how willingly we serve, how much like you we, we serve others. I pray that, God, you will awaken the reality that we work for you right where we're at in the current job we're in. God, we wouldn't just anything, but we would be so alive in your heart and service where we work that people would notice the witness that our work is to them. That they would notice there's something different about the way we work and that that would be a gospel demonstration that would demand an explanation and that we would take those opportunities and make the most of them. God, you're sending us out on mission today. Not just in our private time, but in our work time as well. May you give us the discernment to know when and how to share your love with other people that we work with. Above us, beside us, below us, however and whenever, let us have that discernment. And God, I pray that you would allow us to jump into relationship with you like never before, that this would be an incredible year ahead. God, we pray that you would use us. Even this week, as people take cookies to schools, as, as people walk in and, and shift the, their mindset to the way they're serving their employer. Let this be a great week where we realize, man, doing is way better than knowing. You've sent us to be servants to the world around us. Let us do it 168 hours a week. In Jesus' name, I pray.